they said it couldn't be done. That we could watch all of these goddamn fan picks. <laughs> but in the year 2023, we are breaking the curse of the fan pick. Welcome to the inaugural middle class film class fan pick roundup for January 2023. We got all three of us here sitting in the room with the Abeyas Studios, and we are going to watch three of your fan picks, one each, every month for the year of 2023. And if everything goes right, and we don't uh, end up hating each other and break up as friends by the end <laughs> of the year, we will have watched every single fan pick on that GD list. So, what's up, fellas? If none get added. Well, that's for next year. <laughs> yeah, that's for next year. This is strictly for what we have on the, the list. Yeah, the list right now. So Yes, the first fan pick dedicated episode mm-hmm. where we all were assigned three different movies from yeah. that list. And we all watched those movies and are all now going to talk about them individually. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So, we have three picks. Um, we have... Willow from myself, that is from listener Stacy. We have Velvet Underground. Goldmine. Sorry, Velvet Goldmine from Aunt May. Who the hell? Aunt oh, May. Whoever that is for the Joseph, <laughs> Joseph's going to be reviewing. And then we have Cabaret from my dear Aunt Linda, who's uh, going to be reviewed by Tyler. So, yeah. uh, Joseph, you want to start off? Sure. So, Velvet Goldmine um, was, uh, was the movie that I was assigned to watch in the beginning of the month and then that was the end of the month and um love a gold mine is uh, directed by todd haynes who we are familiar with his work uh-huh. mm-hmm. we have uh he has directed such films as Velvet gold mine far from heaven i'm not there uh carol dark waters and most recently he also has a movie called the velvet underground <laughs> Uh, in 2021, really? <laughs> so yes. Velvet Goldmine and Velvet Underground. Yes. So oh my the, the, the man likes Velvet. The Velvet Underground. I mean, it's a band. So I, and he's a yeah. very kind of music, uh, kind of a director. Like he comes from like the music world a little bit. Like I'm not there is Bob Dylan focused. Yeah. 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 Um, Dark Waters, very music. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Velvet Underground, uh, I assume, is a documentary of of some sort about the band the velvet underground um and he also has a movie that we've reviewed on the show he made before velvet goldmine like the movie he made before velvet goldmine was safe yes oh that's right that's right that's right right. i was wondering why that name sounded so familiar so yes todd haynes directed safe and velvet goldmine and velvet goldmine is it was a very interesting movie it was definitely a music movie mm-hmm. like a lot of live concert scenes um and it follows like a a version of like david bowie david bowie doesn't exist in this universe mm. oh okay this is the the replacement oh. De- david bowie so this is this a fictionalized like yes there's stand-ins for people that we might know yeah it's like the music very similar to like like Jonathan uh, Reese Myers plays um, uh, Brian Slade. Uh, that's his character's name. Slade. That's his. That's his character's <laughs> name. And then his. He has a different uh, stage persona. And basically, his story is that he wants to be like uh, a pop idol. He wants to be. He wants to be uh, Ziggy Stardust, essentially. Okay. Right. So that in 
it's almost like a rise and fall of this guy's music professional career. Um, and when I was started this movie, I was just blown away by the cast of this movie. Mm-hmm. And I was watching the, the credits, the opening credits roll by. So mm-hmm. Jonathan Reese Myers, Ewan McGregor, Christian Bale. Wow. Oh my goodness. Tony Collette. Oh my gosh. Eddie Izzard and Michael Feast and Emily Woof. Um, <laughs> Emily Wolf. Yeah. Um, but Wolf. I was like blown away by Ewan McGregor, Christian Bale, and Tony Collette. I was like, this cast is stacked. Yeah. And yeah. this was made in 2000, oh, 1998. Uh, so very late 90s. And um, this the story is kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like kind of about Christian Bale's character, and but also very much about uh, Brian Slade, this musician. Um, and, uh, Ewan McGregor also plays a musician, a, almost like, uh, a, a Jim Morrison type of like the doors type of musician. Oh yeah. And, or Iggy pop. Um, cause like his, his trying to be like very charismatic. Yes. And, and you, if you want to see like full Ewan uncensored, you should watch this movie. <laughs> like you will see Ewan's taint in this movie. Really? <laughs> yes, you will. Sold. <laughs> um, and like he, he's like very, pretty much like copying like Iggy Pop's type of like movements. Like he performs with no shirt on. He, Gyrating. He moves around like the, like very oddly. Yeah. Um, and it, his appearance has kind of been compared to like Kurt Cobain um, mm. in the movie. He has like kind of longish hair and kind of like this. He has parts of the movie. He has like this kind of demeanor that is very like just kind of just calm and just like low key. Sure. But when he's on stage, he's in, kind of insane. Okay. Um, Christian Bale plays a journalist later in the movie who's like assigned to learn about what happened to Brian Slade because the movie starts off with like this fake assassination attempt mm. or not fa- like a fake assassination where he planted somebody to like shoot him while he was performing live. Oh, and then like he okay. like disappears basically. Like okay. he pretends to die or get killed. Yeah, yeah. And then he just kind of disappears from the public eye. Um, and then Christian Bale plays kind of two parts. There's like a flashback version of Christian Bale and then like a modern day Christian Bale where he's a journalist. The The flashback Christian Bale is him like trying to find his identity and he's like falling in love with Brian Slade's like rise to fame, mm-hmm. like the uh, glitter rock type of uh like of, he's falling in love with the man, like, like in a romantic way, or like, just like he's like the trying ideas. to find his sexuality almost. Okay, okay. Mm. It's like that sort of era, like the late sixties, beginning of seventies, free love and like hippies and stuff and all that stuff, free love and peace. Yeah. And he's trying to find like where he fits in. And like there's a there's a scene with him like putting on like this very like kind of very tight shirt with like flowers on it, and he like puts on a jacket to like walk out of his house because his parents are them. His parents are home. Uh-huh. He goes, I'm just going out for a bit. And then he like, as soon as he gets out, he takes off the jacket and just like, he likes himself is his, is himself essentially struts down the street. Yeah. And- it was a, it was a very interesting uh, way to see Christian Bale. And I've seen Christian Bale in many interesting ways. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> um, Tony Collette plays like a groupie type of character um, mm-hmm. who is Brian Slade's uh, sort of like, that's his gal. That's his girl. Yeah. Even though the movie kind of talks about like, brings a like bisexuality and he's like with many different partners and mm-hmm. different genders and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, the movie overall was like, it was, it was wild. The movie was very wild and very strange. Um, 
I I don't know if it's for me. Um, Aunt May, sorry, <laughs> wherever you are. Um, I'm glad I watched it. It was very interesting to see these actors, a very young Tony Collette, um, and um, who's playing a British person. Um, but she kind of looks like she would be a, a British person in real life. I don't know. She She's has, Australian. Is she Australian? I'm okay. Pretty sure. I was like, I, when I was watching, I was like, I realize I've never actually heard Tony Collette like, like speak her like natural. Yeah, and speaking a natural accent. Yeah. Because um, she was in, uh, like, was it Mural's Wedding or something like that? Yeah, she's Australian actress Tony Collette. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so she does have... Mural's Wedding. Yeah. Um, so overall, it was it was a movie that, like, maybe if I was younger, I'd <laughs> like it a little bit more. But now it was just, like, it was crazy. It was, it was a very wild kind of movie. And was I felt, it... Uh, I felt kind of dirty watching it. Really? Okay. Yeah. Is it, is it kind of, like, avant-garde sort of type of filming? Like... Like it was uh, like um it was like, like it, across the universe if it wasn't a musical and it was a little bit more grimy. Okay, mm-hmm. I I mm-hmm. I, th- I think I can imagine what this what the tone of the movie could be. It's very British. Where'd you watch it? Uh, this is stre- actually no, it's not streaming anywhere. I had to rent it. Uh, I rented it on Prime. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, it's overall I'd probably give it like a like a B minus. Hmm. Um, it's worth a watch. It's, I mean, it's just under two hours. It, it's, it goes in kind of strange places. Um, but, um, overall, like I didn't, I didn't like the main character, Brian Slate. And I'm not sure you're supposed to like them. Sure. Um, just cause it seems like a, 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 a guy mm-hmm. who's wanting to like copy the next, like he's like, he finds the next thing that's becoming popular and becomes that, mm. you know, like he just is wanting to become famous for, for the being sake famous. of being famous. Yeah. So he has like a more pragmatic sort of attitude towards his uh, music career. What does it show him like before? He's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. You, you basically get recounts of stories as like the journalist Christian Bale is uh, talking to like his now ex-wife mm-hmm. and, and, and like other like band manager and stuff okay. like that. You're like, yeah. what happened to Brian Slade? And like you get their version of like their story of what happened. to oh, him. Oh, Okay. It's right. uh, on the, the, the tagline on the cover or the poster says, the secret to becoming a star is knowing how to be- behave like one. Yeah. And the pull quote they use, this is from some critic, which I can't read because it's so small. One of the most explicit movies ever about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah. If you see a taint in it, I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> he flashes a crowd, essentially. Uh, cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I would, um, it was now, it was nominated for an Oscar. Recommend? Um, it was nominated for best costume design. Mm. Um, recommend? Yes, I would recommend it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think it's for a specific type of Just, person. Yeah, no, you're seeing balls in it. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> the one go. takeaway you got that. And maybe <laughs> a sort of romantic scene of sorts between mm. two men. All right. Sign uh, me up. Yeah, so it'd be my ass overall and, uh, yeah, it's it's worth it was worth like I don't regret like I don't regret spending my parents' money to spend this bit for watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Aunt May. Aunt May, thank you so much for your recommendation. Um, yeah, that's it. All right, off to Tyler. Right. Uh, so my pick was from Pete's uh, dear Aunt Linda. Yes. Um, I watched 1972's Cabaret. Uh, this movie is a about an English professor from Cambridge who is going to complete his studies as 
as a philosopher, I don't know. They weren't really clear on like what he was studying because at first he said he's a language professor. Wait, wait and, is it, really? Yeah. In the beginning of the movie, they say he's a language professor. And then towards half of the movie, he states that he's in Berlin to um, complete his study with a doctor uh, for a doctorate in philosophy. So like, what do you, of, what are you, what are you looking at right now? Is it the IMDb? Well, yeah, but I'm not reading from it. This no, is, can I can I see? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. Interesting. I had no idea. I thought this whole thing was about uh, song and dance. Uh, well, it, th- that does play a part of it. So, um, as, let me finish. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, continue. Um, so, as, so yeah, so this professor he uh, goes to Berlin, uh, and he rents a room, and uh, he befriends Liza Minnelli's character Sally. Owls or bulls. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure how it's uh, probably pronounced. Um, this is directed by Bob Foss. Never heard of it. Fossey. Oh, Fossey. Fossey. Okay. He's one of the biggest names. Biggest names in Hollywood, baby. Bob Fossey. Uh, well, I wouldn't know anything about that. Uh, <laughs> so anyways, uh, so Liza Minnelli's character, Sally, she is a dancer in this sort of like, uh, I, I, I don't know what you would call it. Like, I, like the first thing that came to mind was minstrel. <laughs> sort of like vaudevillian mm-hmm. uh, sort of uh, kind of show. Uh, there's like a lot of makeup and uh, there's men dressing up as women and all that kind of stuff. I, I wasn't interested in that. That's not the interesting part of the movie at all. Okay. It is based off of a book and a Broadway play, uh, which I'm not surprised because it's very theatrical. Um, but what I did find about what I did find interesting about this movie is like the really, really dark undertone um, with, because it feels uplifting. Mm. Um, So essentially Brian and Sally, uh, they become, they, they become a couple Mm -hmm. and the, and he's teaching English to uh, Germans. And this is all happening in the 1930s. Like this is, this tip, it takes place in 1931. So this is like Mm. the rise of Nazism. And, and so in the first half of the movie, it's Brian kind of being like a little bit uptight. Um, uh, Liza Minnelli's character. Uh, she's, she's kind of like a femme fatale, loose cannon, doesn't play by the rules. Mm. Not really like, the kind of woman that should have behaved in the 1930s by societal standards. And so he's from uh, England. And so he's not used to that, but eventually like he, he falls for her charm. And so it's the movie is kind of disjointed in a way because first of all, Liza Minnelli is way more talented than any of the actors in the movie. And it is abundantly clear. Liza Minnelli is a national treasure. She is the most talented actor in the whole movie. And that kind of like takes you out of the story that's being told because like you're more focused on her. However, she is not the focal point of the story. It's Brian who is just so wooden in his basil exposition. Oh, really? That's interesting. What was that? The guy who plays Basil in Austin Powers, mm. the same actor, Michael York. Um, so I think I think uh, the detriment to this movie is Liza Minnelli's talent because she just steals every scene that she's in. So mm. she's too talented. 
Right. <laughs> she is too talented. It's a curse. She's too talented. Like, she's an incredible singer. Like, the way that she, her mannerisms uh, in, in every scene is just really believable. And I want to compare this movie to uh, Frances Ha. It's kind of like that sort of... Uh, like they're young people who are just kind of doing what they want to do, like without mm-hmm. thinking about like getting like an actual job and, you know, like living like the sort of normal life. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually in the second half, this movie definitely has two halves. So like the first half is them like, you know, being like free spirited and stuff. You're kind of ignoring the fact that Nazism is like on the rise. You get little glimpses of it um throughout the first half but like barely like it like flashes by your face and then in the second half you um they meet this rich guy uh maximilian mm-hmm. and they oh. become a thruple because brian cool. is bisexual and oh. so him maximilian and uh sally you're not gonna believe it but there's bisexual thruples in my in willow also All three of our movies have bisexual (laughs) throuples in them. What a weird coincidence. Yeah, what a coincidence. (laughs) Um, So they they, uh, get into a relationship, essentially. But Sally doesn't know that Brian and Maximilian are messing around. Brian knows that Maximilian is uh, messing around with Sally, but he's okay with it because he's being supplied with free booze. Mm-hmm. What he also doesn't know is Maximilian is a rich Nazi. (laughs) And so, but they're all having like a gay old time, like getting drunk, like going like uh, to these expensive dinners on Maximilian's dime. However, like in the background of the scenes, you can tell like Nazism is getting a lot more popular. Mm -hmm. Like you can tell like uh, you see like dead bodies on the streets and like while they're driving by, um, like, you know, like cafes and stuff. Dang. Yeah. It's dark. Yeah. So you, you said the movie is inherently dark. It is because the reason why I think it's dark is because it kind of illuminates on the idea of someone who is like rich and isn't really worried about the world and the politics of the world that, um, affects like you know the regular person like they're just off in their own little bubble like they can still you know live their normal life without the fear of you know being exterminated by nazis or like being affected by war essentially and i think that's really dark and there comes to a real as brian comes to that realization in the last quarter of the movie he's just like wait a minute, we've been hanging out with a Nazi the whole time? <laughs> like, what Like, what are we doing? I've uh-huh. just been drunk the whole time. And, um, and, Liza, and Sally, she's like, wait a minute, you messed around with Maximilian? Like, she figures out that they were in a relationship too. And um, then it, the movie kind of, like, happens so fast. How long is it? It's two hours and four minutes long. Um, it, it is definitely a long watch. I think what makes this movie like watchable is definitely scenes of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's not um, as a whole movie. It's a tough watch. Okay. But like there is glimmers of genius in each <clears throat> scene. 
Um, would, you, what, would you recommend? Uh, I mean, if you're into like very theatrical films, I would say this is a definitely a good watch. Mm. Um, however, I am not super into theatrical films, but when you say theatrical, I, what do you mean? Like just like bombastic sort of performances. Okay. It's like this was made in 1972, so like it definitely has very uh, I don't know how to explain it. Like over dramatic scenes. Okay. Um, like they're shooting for the fences. Exactly. It's okay. got that great audio quality. It was. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was nominated for best picture uh, in 1973. But do you guys want to know who it lost to? Taxi Driver. 1973. Yeah. Who? The Godfather. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Wait, the the first one? Yeah. So first. it's not better than The Godfather is what you're telling me. That's that's exactly right. But, All right. Um, so yeah. I, I don't know I, if I should watch it then. <laughs> I, I actually, so I mean, I, I do not regret watching it. It I, did win a bunch of Oscars though. Yes, it did. Yeah, it did. It, it, it's super, it was super popular. Um, what did it win, Joseph? Best Actress, Liza Minnelli. Yep. Best Actor, Joel Grey. Best Director, Best Cinematography, Best Art Direction. Best Sound, Best Film Editing, Best Music. And it was nominated for Best Picture and Best Writing. Wow, it won like, yeah. what, eight, seven awards, eight awards? One, two, three, four, nine. five, six, seven, eight. eight. Oh, wow. Nominated nine. for 10. Holy shit. Yeah, so I mean, this is a bona fide classic movie. Mm. However, it's I wouldn't say it's for me. Okay. Um, but it's good. It's good. It's just not my flavor of film. Where'd you, where did, where'd you watch it? Was it streaming anywhere? Uh, no, I did have to rent it. And, you know, funny story is um, last or in a previous episode, I thought we were doing this uh, fan pick. <laughs> so I've watched it twice already. Oh, you watched it again for this? For this? Yeah, I watched it again because I wanted to, you know, make sure I had all my ducks in a row. And... Uh, streaming on HBO Max right now. Is that right? God. Dang it. <laughs> I spent four bucks I for that movie. Smokes with that. You spent eight dollars on this movie. <clears throat> no, it was four. But well, you had, had to rent it twice. twice. Oh yeah, I guess so. <laughs> okay, I guess you're right. Yeah. Um, if I had to give it an overall grade, I would say it's a definitely a solid B. Solid B. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, my uh, my selection was from listener Stacy's, one of my mm. pals from way back in the my homies back in the day in Vacaville. And she gave us Caveman was one of her, oh, her last that <laughs> fucking joy of a movie. I, I'm so glad I watched, got to watch it just because it is such a was a, such a bizarre movie. <laughs> seeing, seeing Dennis Quaid as a young man was a, a revelation. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So this was Willow. My movie is Willow. 1988. I was mm-hmm. just a wee tot when it came out. Yeah. And my history with Willow is that it was on all the time at my grandmother's house. Really? Growing up, yeah. Like on TV or just like the VHS tape? Just wait and I'll tell you. Uh-huh, okay. um, so Grandma May had uh, was, had the Disney Channel. Mm. It's funny because... They it's had the great. Disney Channel back then? Back then? What, 19, 1990? Yeah. Yes, of course they had the Disney Channel in oh, 1990. Right. It was like premium television. Oh, wow. And it's uh, the, the constant of the... Of the maze in this, we have Aunt May who gave you, and then my my grandma May is where I used to watch this at. And uh, Aunt Linda is Linda May. That's her 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 daughter. Oh my gosh, <laughs> my grandmother. So um, nepotism, yeah, nepotism, cronyism. <laughs> um, she's no longer Linda May. She's Linda uh, McAllister. Uh. So um, so now uh, I'm watching Willow as an adult. Grandma May had it on premium television all the time for the kids. She mm-hmm. wanted wholesome entertainment, good stuff, good quality stuff, not a bunch of TV trash, right? Um, and I, 
I unlocked memories that I repressed from this. Oh, oh my goodness. Watching this again. And the way I chose to watch it was on VHS as God intended and um, <laughs> on a 77 inch TV, which God did not intend. It was like a VHS d- on a 77 inch Yeah, it was, it looked terrible on the screen. Why'd you do that? Because my turtles are asleep in their media room. No, but why don't you just watch it on? I wanted to be via VHS. And yeah. I gave it a shot. And then, Experience. so I finished it. And after like 10 minutes of it, it you kind of like, you accept it. And I'm like, wow, this is like a, an, a, a relic from a bygone era. Sure. Um, watching this like in like low, low, low def. Um, and there are some really effective scenes in this. And essentially the story is that uh, uh, the one line summary on IMDb, a young farmer is chosen to undertake a perilous journey in order to protect a special baby from an evil queen. Mm-hmm. So it, it starts out like a storybook fairy tale. And it says, a prophecy says that a child will be born that will end the reign and life of the evil queen Bavmorda, who is played by Jean Marsh, who was the princess Mombi in A Return to Oz with the removable heads. Oh, yeah. Same sort of character. Evil mm-hmm. witch. Kind of looks like the witch from Snow White a little bit. Um, she's got like the cowl on and like the, the spirey shaped sort of crown. Yeah. Um, and at the beginning of the movie, the the evil witch, queen, whatever you want to call her, she's uh, rounding up all the pregnant women in the land and slaughtering their children as they come out. A great start for a children's yes. movie. Wholesome entertainment. <laughs> yes. Exa- your grandma. Exactly. <laughs> um, and this is directed by Ron Howard. Yeah. Written story by George Lucas. No way, really? Yes. Lucas had Lucas, a hand in Lucas this? Lucas had a hand in this. He wrote the story. Screenplay was done by Bob Dolman, whose name I don't really recognize. Um, but George Lucas and Ron Howard together at last, right? <laughs> um, it stars Warwick Davis as Willow, Joan Wall- Wally as Sorsha, kind of like the de facto love interest, and Val Kilmer as Mad Mardigan. Oh, that's right. He yeah. was I, in that one. I always thought Mad Mardigan was like a, a moniker, like Mad, like the Mad Mardigan, you know, Mardigan, the Mad. Yeah. But it's all one word, Mad Mardigan. That's his name. Mm. Um, also in this, a couple of faces that you might recognize, Tony Cox, he plays the elf in Bad Santa. Mm-hmm. He's one of the warriors that goes on the journey with, with Willow. Kevin Pollack playing Rule the Brownie, the little tiny creature, shoulder, shoulder perched sized creature. Mm-hmm. Um, and Pat Roach who plays like the main thug of the queen, evil queen. Pat Roach is a name that I brought up before in this show. He mm. is the Nazi that gets sliced up by the propellers in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, also, he plays the um, the thug that um, uh, Redmond Barry boxes, bare, bare knuckle fights in Barry Lyndon before he becomes Barry Lyndon mm. when he's in the, in the, in the army. So just a big hulking beast of a man, Pat Roach. Yeah. Um, great cast. I kind of was expecting that I was going to not like this as much that my memory, cause I had such fond memories of it as a child. Yeah. But it is a very, very fun adventure movie. Um, mm-hmm. And it is executed really, really well. Um, I, I understand why this is such a, a beloved treat for most people. And, you know, I, I was concerned that I was going to watch it and be like, man, I can see the strings and oh, this the graphics don't really work. And on this low resolution watch, it, it all felt great. And I, I really I felt like there were some really intense scenes. There's a, a great um, a costume and makeup effect they do on these dogs. They use actual dogs on set, which are the hounds that are out to sniff out the babies in the realm. Uh-huh. 
And they're literally like trained to kill babies, these dogs. <laughs> oh my God. And they put, they take like a regular dog and they put like a mask on it, like this weird kind of like ratty rat sort of rodent looking mask. Uh-huh. And then there's like shaggy fur on the outside of it. And they built this long rat like tail. It comes off its back. And when they're running at, f- at speed, it looks fantastic. It looks super menacing. And so I, I finished the movie, really had a good time with it. Mm-hmm. And then I, I turned it on Disney plus to see if the how the quality holds up for modern streaming audiences, and it's really really good. It's fantastic. It, Wait, you watched it twice? I just skipped to some of the scenes to see oh, like okay. how does the special effects hold up here? How do mm-hmm. those dogs look like on yeah. high, high, more or less high def? And it's not high high def, but it, it works pretty damn good. Oh. There's a green screen and forced perspective stuff in this. There's multiple different like races of different creatures in this like fantastical sort of medieval esque. Yeah. sort of maybe Lord of the Ring-esque uh, world. Yeah. and um, But instead of being hobbits, they're called pecks. So Warwick is a peck, and he's got a family full of, of, of pecks. And, the, and they, oh, okay. they go on a journey because the baby, it's going to bring forward this um, uh, prophecy. Yeah. Is, is taken very away. Very specific prophecy. <laughs> yeah, this very specific prophecy. You know, they're going to, and it's just like Sleeping Beauty, you know. They need to kill the firstborn or, you know, smash all the, smash all the spindles before it happens, you know? So they're out. Yeah. Because the yeah, sleeping beauty, like she has to prick her, prick finger, her finger on a spindle of yeah. a spinning wheel. Mm. And, um, so they destroy them all. In this case, they're their babies, not spin- spindles. Spinning wheels. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them gets away and they, she puts him like Moses in a basket down the road, down the river. Yeah, yeah. And it comes to Willow, the, the, the family of Willow, the pecks in this, uh, village. Mm. Yeah. And uh, they realize quickly that well, who they have and they're taken on a mission to go somewhere and do something fantastical. Yeah. But along the way, they run into fairies, sorceresses, brownies, which are little tiny creatures, like almost like um, warrior creatures that live in the woods, but they're mm-hmm. tiny. Oh, um, like uh, the Ewoks? Well, sort of. it's funny you say that. Warwick Davis uh, was Wicket, the Ewok in Star Wars. <laughs> Yeah, he was. Mm-hmm. Is that he was right? also played all the Leprechaun in all of the Leprechaun series. Oh my goodness! He also I is had no idea. He also is one of the professors. These uh, in um, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Yeah, very famously. So great cast, great movie, great special effects for the 1988. And there's a scene which haunted my memories as a child, and mm-hmm. I, re- I stamped down. And as soon as it came up, I'm like, that was from Willow. Send chills up your that spine. That was from Willow where there's a there's a troll. They talk about how much he hates trolls. And then yeah. it pays off at the end when they come into a bridge leading into a castle. Yeah. And there's trolls underneath the bridge scurrying along the bridge, which is terrifying. <laughs> uh-huh. And then scurrying down the castle. Mm-hmm. He slices, he casts a spell on the troll. It turns into a, a blob, a, like a brain-like blob. He kicks it off the bridge, goes into the water, and it what emerges out of the water is this hydra slash elephant seal slash, um, I don't know, freaking uh, dragon thing that comes out of the water and is terrifying. So yeah, this was a great watch. I really think that it, it's worth it, especially if you have young kids. Although some of the tones are dark and some of the themes are kind of like, oh, this is a kid's movie. It's not as bad as Return to Oz in that sense. <laughs> it's more like uh, along the lines of like Dark Crystal. Yeah. In that yeah. kind of genre. It's, and it is it is great. There's some great swashbuckling action scenes with, with um, Val Kilmer. He's pretty damn good. He's not like amazing, but he's pretty damn good. Um, but this effects are great. 
there's fun stuff there. There's a lot of fantasy and mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it has a beginning, middle and end. It, it's, it's an easy watch. It's two hours, but it went by like that. So, Oh, nice. Yeah. Re- really fun. So, so what would you give it? I give it an A. A? Wow. Yeah, I give it an A. Nice. Maybe bordering on A minus, but yeah, it's A. It's yeah. a good movie. Great movie. Yeah. I watched it. I mean, probably over a year ago, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, it was, it was really enjoyable. Yeah. Um, now there's a Disney Plus TV show. Yes, Willow. there are. Yeah. <laughs> With Warwick Davis. Yeah. I heard it wasn't that great though. I didn't hear anything about it. So it might not be that great. Yeah. We'll see. Um so, I mean the the rating overall uh, on IMDb seven point two for the movie and for the series is five point five. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. Anything uh, else you guys got? No. But um I think we're going to do the assign oh. the next round of movies. Yes, 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 we will. Yeah, so how are we going to do this right now? This is a better way. Um, we're going to spin the wheel of fan picks. Why don't you just do, why don't you just do, like, we do it in the same order. You know, it's you're going to be, your pick is going to be the first spin, and Tyler's going to be the second spin, and whatever. Okay, so I'll spin for my movie yeah. right now. Yeah. This is every fan pick on the list, right? Every fan pick the on the list. 1,500 fan <laughs> picks we have. And for Joseph, that's me. For February. What will I be watching? <laughs> I will be watching... Ooh, barely missed. It always just misses it. I'll be watching a movie called Triangle. Oh, huh. is that from Josh? Submitted by Jack. Jack. Oh, Jack uh, Fitzpatrick? Fitz- it might be. It just says Jack. I think that is Jack. He likes. I'm pretty sure he likes Triangle. Okay. If it's you, Jack Fitz... It's one of my streaming picks. All righty. Tyler, what are you going to be watching? What are you going to be watching, huh? Country uh, Bears, maybe? God, I Country hope Bears? God, I hope not. What is it going to be? Oh, uh, you'll probably like this. Sleepaway Camp. Oh, wonderful. Oh, nice. <laughs> Submitted by listener Caleb. Caleb, huh? On July 19th, 2022. Cool. Thank you, Caleb, whoever you are, wherever you are. Hope you're still listening. Mm-hmm. This uh, is the 80s. Uh, yes, yeah, the first one. Okay. And Pete, all right. What will you be watching? Pete is going to be watching. Oh, you barely missed Itania, and you're going to be watching Boondock Saints. Oh, okay, cool. By oh, man, somebody I'm... named John. October seventeenth, twenty twenty-one. Okay, John. maybe it was uh, Ryan's John. Yeah, it could be. So Triangle, Sleepaway Camp, and. Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints. Yeah. So awesome. look, look for that at the end of February. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited for that. And uh, that's it. Yes. All right. So. I thought this was fun. This went good. Yeah. What do you think? I think so too. I think okay. so. Hopefully well, the fans are pleased. Yes. Thanks fans. This was for you. Yeah. <laughs> and don't hesitate to send more uh, fan picks in because uh, once a year ends, we need something to do next year. Yeah. That's <laughs> true. Submit more. Yeah. Call in. Write in. Yeah. Send a letter. Yeah. And a voicemail. And a war voicemail. And a yeah. war voicemail. Yeah. So I guess we'll see you in February. Yeah. All right. Bye. See Bye, ya. classmates. See you later. See ya. All three of our movies have bisexual thruples in them.